0: This is SDM Assistant Editor, Courtney Wolf. I'm here with Custom Alarm CEO, Melissa Brinkman. Custom Alarm is a security company out of Rochester, Minnesota that offers fire inspections, connected security, video surveillance, access control, and interactive services. Melissa's father, Lee Johnson, founded the company and she came to work at the family business in 1998 after spending several years in management positions in the hospitality industry. She held various positions in the company, from marketing to sales manager to customer services manager, before being promoted to CEO in 2014. So Melissa, 2018 marked 50 years since your father founded Custom Alarm. How has the company managed to stand the test of time? I mean, what's your guys' secret to success?
1: Thanks, Courtney, for letting me join you today. I would say that um, really focusing primarily on just taking care of our customers and our employees. We really value our customers and the team here, so focusing first on that and then having to continue to stay relevant. So evolving with the technology as things have changed dramatically in 50 years, so have we. And so being able to adjust and adapt, it's still focusing on how to deliver the best customer service to our customers and provide the best um, place of employment for our employees.
0: Right. And, I mean, so you kind of, grew up immersed in the security industry. What are your memories of, you know, growing up in this business, and did you always want to work at Custom Alarm one day?
1: Well, growing up, I really didn't focus much on on the business at all. I really was kind of just focused on, like, all teenagers growing up <laughs> yourself, right? Right. right. Um, and I actually had interest in a hotel and restaurant industry, so the hospitality business, and that's okay. What I went to school for, my major was actually in hotel and restaurant management and went on to work at several hotels over the course of many years in various positions um, and management positions working um, in different parts of the country and then um, had no interest or intention of coming to work back in Rochester at the family business. It was just not my path at the time.
0: And so when and why did you decide to, you know, come and join the family business? What led to that?
1: Well, back in 1998, I was in St. Louis. I was the general manager of a hotel down there and was had recently um, been married and was looking to start a family. And really, as we talked about starting a family, wanted to live near one of our families. And so we uh, discussed moving up to Rochester for the opportunity to try my hand at the family business, and so I had a conversation with my dad over the course of several months, and just, what would this look like, and, you know, would he be interested in having me come back, and he was, of course, very excited about it. He had always um, given us, myself and my two sisters, the opportunity to do whatever we wanted in life, but had said that we were always welcome to come into the business after we were... Um, able to get a college degree and work successfully out in, the indus- out in the world, whatever business that is, that we were in first before coming to try our hand at the family business just to kind of get some experience elsewhere right. before we were coming here. So we had the conversation. I had you know, done those things and was a little skeptical, but thought, well, I'll give it a try. And so we um, obviously then moved up here to Minnesota in a a winter of 1998 and I started in um, part-time marketing and sales in a specialty product that we had at the time.
0: And so what other you know roles did you hold at Custom Alarm before becoming CEO and how do you think those have helped you in your current position you know working in all of these different areas of the business and understanding you know what it is to hold those roles?
1: It was really interesting and invaluable to work in different positions in the company. I mean, I didn't necessarily think that I was going to become CEO, but as the longer I worked here and the more experience I um, was able to obtain, it did seem like the path that I really wanted to uh, get on and take. And so with each of the different um, positions I had from director sales, and from overseeing customer services, and then I was CEO. All of those really was um, trying to learn as much as I could about that area of the business and working with the team that I had, which I was fortunate to have really um, great people who'd been here a long time to help kind of teach me the ropes, and then bringing on new people to kind of help develop them as my team and continue to deliver great customer service and finding the best solutions that we can for the customer. So really hands-on then, and I feel that personally, you know, being able to do the work that you're asking your team for the, for the most part, um, to be able to do that gives you credibility, earns their respect, and so I really wanted to always make sure that I was learning from them and then also um, teaching what I had learned to others so that we can kind of continue to make it better by putting our heads together.
0: And, you know, one of Custom Alarm's main uh, missions sort of seems to be superior customer service. Um, would you say that that's because of your background in customer service and hospitality? And, I mean, how how do you use those experiences to form, you know, your customer service policy?
1: Right. I would say probably I've always had a passion and desire to take care of customers it started when i was very young but uh, my first job out of high school or while i was in high school worked at mcdonald's as a crew member and assistant manager and then uh, moved on to work in front desk at a hotel and then obviously went to school for hospitality so i always had a desire and passion to you know, provide some service to customers and have um, be a part of having them have a great experience so that just kind of transcended when I came to work here at Custom Alarm, and what we could do was just what our solutions are from a technology standpoint and how we can make it the best experience for our customers. So it's just been something that I've always had a passion for, and then bringing that here and how I um, thread that throughout the company and how the different interactions that our team has with each other and with our customers.
0: You know, what changes did you make once you took on the role of CEO? How did Custom Alarm change?
1: When I took on the role of CEO, we actually were going through a little transition with the company. We had um, sold off a certain part of our business. So it really was a great opportunity to kind of just start fresh. So even though we're a 51-year-old company, we really are kind of five years old as a new kind of the new kind of version of ourselves. So it really gave me the opportunity to kind of uh, narrow our focus to kind of our core four areas, which is all centered around security and life safety. And so having that and then being able to kind of focus on what is our, what are our core values and how can we make sure that we're living this. And so just starting to bring the team along and discussions and having um, my what I feel is very paramount to how we take care of our customers having that shared throughout the organization.
0: Right. And I also noticed that you and your employees all seem to be very involved in, you know, volunteering and giving back to the community. Why do you think this is so important?
1: I think that that started definitely from my dad. He's always been very community-focused, and so he, watching him do that as I grew up and then as I came into the company, seeing that that was really important to him, we involved in a variety of different things. We annually do like a United Way campaign that's throughout the organization, as well as a variety of other um, nonprofits and just other organizations that have needs throughout the year. So it's just been something, and I think it kind of goes back to just the fact of customer service and trying to enhance people's experiences, whether it's that they're coming to um, do business with us or that they're just trying to um, enhance their experience within the community and how we can help provide even more to the people so that's just been something that I continue to um, take as a lead for my dad and really the company here all the employees are very supportive and engage in a lot of different ways both through our organiz- through our company and on their own so it's just really um, very very rewarding to see and to be a part of.
0: Absolutely. And I mean so it's it's no secret that the security industry is lacking females and you know here you are serving as a CEO. Have you been met with adversity due to being a woman, would you say?
1: I wouldn't say it I've experienced adversity. I think I've had to assert myself more.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I feel like through the years like as a woman you're kind of often stereotyped as being um, not as versed in, in this in this type of business, so um, I've worked hard to kind of try and study more, learn more, ask questions, try to really uh, take good notes and, and go back to those to to make sure that I'm retaining it um, because it just initially people I feel look at you know right wrong or otherwise just stereotypically don't necessarily associate women necessarily with. As far as um, like electronics and technology and all that, as much so, I feel I've just had to you know, work a little harder, or feel like I need to prove myself a little bit more to be taken more seriously, to build that credibility. And maybe it's my own pursuit perce- my own perception, or maybe in some of it, I think is just experiences early on.
0: And so. Why do you think you know that there are so few females in the industry? Do you think it's an issue with them not being interested or more so them not being welcomed? And then you know what is the solution and how do we get more women in this field?
1: I'd say that I think that the the low numbers the low number of females in the industry is I think somewhat because people or women maybe feel intimidated that if you're not super technical, that, you know, again, you won't be able to, you know, keep up with whatever is going because technology is changing at such a fast pace. So I find that I don't need to, you know, I kind of like to say I'm a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, and I just like to leverage the strengths of the people around me and make sure that I'm asking enough questions to know enough to to be engaged in the conversations. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, um, you know, as females, typically we you know, gender-wise, like to be more, you know, master a certain skill or something before we think we're ready to, like, move to that next level. So I think that as you look to want to engage in an industry that maybe you're not as familiar with or that might be a little intimidating, that we want to become as versed before we even step our toe in to the water there. And I would just challenge that, you know, just to start to put a step forward, you know, put one step before the other, one foot before the other, and really, Um, get involved in different ways. And it can be, you know, from an entry level. I think it's just really important for women to be involved in the security industry in whatever way, especially moving up to the leadership level is is important because we bring different perspectives than our male counterparts.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, would you say that you approach hiring, you know, people on your staff differently because – you are a woman, and because you know, maybe you are looking out and you know, trying to get more women into the industry.
1: Well, unfortunately, we're here in Rochester, where we where we live. There aren't a ton of applicants that we have that even come in, so it's trying to find ways to connect with people, just even in the construction industry um, through the different organizations to engage women in just the construction and security industry, which is traditionally not. Heavily dominated with females, so I look. You know, if we have female candidates come in, I definitely am giving them a good look at um, for bringing them in and try to mentor them. I've had some uh, different sales managers that have been females that really tried to work on mentoring and helping, share my experiences to help them be as successful as possible. And so I think that just doing the, the mentoring and the coaching and sharing best practices whether it's with females or males, but um, I think definitely having females that you can look up to and that you can also have that mutual respect for to help learn along the way.
0: Yeah, and um, you also made some staffing changes over the past couple of years in an effort to – get the right people in the right seat on the bus, as you said. So I guess can you kind of explain what that means and who the right people for your organization are and, you know, how you executed this and got everyone in the right position?
1: Well, I'd say that it's always a work in progress, right? I mean, uh, anytime you've got people involved, there are a lot of (laughs) variables. But we really try to focus on how we can build a great organization where we can work together to best take care of our customers, so about three years ago, three and a half years ago, we rolled out what's called EOS. It's an entrepreneurial operating system. So it's just kind of a, a different way, a methodology on um, how to run kind of just the operational part of your business. So we, we redefined our core values, and those are what we really live by, that we hire to, we coach to, and if we need to, we fire to. Um, and really, that's who we are, so we focus on that and share that with everyone we also evaluated each of the, each person in the different roles within the organization and looked to to kind of just not focus on the person who's currently performing that job responsibility but what what core positions do we need in the company and then then look at okay who's the person in that position right now is that person best suited do they you know do they get it do they want it do they have the capacity to do it and if it's no at any of those points then we look to see maybe if they they get it they don't want it but they have the capacity you know one of those does not hit a yes we kind of look to see is there a better seat within the organization that we do have available or that would fit for kind of continue to grow the company forward because um, we've had a lot of success over the years but some people just not necessarily being able to um, give the best of themselves with all their strengths in the current position they're in but moving them with, um, to a different position. The skill set just really is elevated and they're, they've they been fantastic um, and great to be able to hold on to that we don't just say, okay, you don't fit in that position. You're out of here. We really like to see what other um, attributes do they have that they could lend their strengths somewhere else in the organization. And then we've also just focused on more accountability and having transparency. So you know, those are kind of maybe buzzwords, but really focusing on how we can share, what are our results, what are our goals, you know, did we hit these three goals, no, okay, how short did we come, and what can we be doing differently? So, and that's throughout the organization within each department, and then as a whole um, company coming from me, I, I share that with with the organization on a monthly basis through our newsletter to some extent, and then on an annual basis, I go into more detail about just kind of what was our goal, what were our goals for this past year, what did we hit, and what do we still need to focus on?
0: Right. And, I mean, speaking of goals, 50 years down, what's what's in store for, you know, the next 50 years of custom alarm?
1: I'd say hard to predict the next 50 years. I'd say <laughs> we probably focus on the next couple of years just on how, you know, it's just technology changing so much and just the world changing a lot. Um, we've got a lot of growth in Rochester in this area, which is great for us. But um, I'm just really excited about the future. We're just finishing our fiscal year this month, and this past year has been a great year of rebuilding. We have a fantastic team in place, starting with our, our energized sales team who are charged up, and they're really finding some great opportunities, which is obviously um, the fuel for the whole engine. I'm really proud of them, and, and then that pr- turns into really a lot of production for my operations team. And so we've really been investing in training, building that team up, Um, We have some young people in there, and so really mentoring them with the team that's been here for longer and how we can um, really share that knowledge, do that transfer of knowledge so that we can continue to grow and be relevant as we continue to look at the next 5, 10, 15 years. I don't know, 50 seems pretty far off. I won't be here, but um, hopefully the company still will be so we're just continuing to look at how we can have a better work environment for the team and really looking at how we can accommodate our potential growth in the in the coming years.
0: Yeah, well, thank you, Melissa, so much for taking the time to speak with us today. If anyone listening at home has any questions or comments on anything discussed today, please email me at wolfec at bnpmedia.com or call at 847-405-4032.